But we'll notice in, as you observe people's life around you, and sometimes it's harder to observe in yourself, but it is true, that many times when God chooses somebody to work in somebody else's life, okay, the deliverance that the person that you're helping, that they need, so many times God begins a deliverance on our own life that we need. And it's almost in tandem. While God is using you to deliver somebody else, He's delivering you and He's changing you and He's teaching you and He's showing Himself to yourself. And you'll you'll deal with somebody and you're like, wow, it sounds like me. Wow, it sounds like me. Wow, it sounds like me. Boy, that sounds like me. And you're watching God's kind of like working on you while He's using you to work through you uh, into them. And it's really interesting. And this is what's going on in Moses' life right now. God is preparing Moses. He is delivering Moses so Moses can be used to deliver Israel. And there's some things that he has to deliver Moses from. He's Remember, he's delivering Moses from a past. He's delivering Moses from failure. He had already failed trying to deliver Israel uh, when he killed that, uh, that, that Egyptian and he had to run away. He's lived on the backside of the desert in obscurity for 40 years. He got married. He has a couple sons. He's watching sheep. He's nobody. He is absolutely nobody. And somebody has pointed out the three phases of Moses' life. I think it's three. I got, once I say it, I'll, I'll remember it here. But it's like uh, God, uh, Moses was a somebody who became a nobody so he could help everybody. And there's three phases, and he'll do that in our life as well. You'll watch it. It seems like um, God moves you around to a place where nobody knows you and nobody cares. I remember when we first went to uh, um, a, a church. <laughs> it's recorded, and it's not the church's fault. It's just what God did. And uh, we went from a place where uh, we were known, where uh, our family was known, The you know, the... There was a lot of uh, heritage there from from my parents and their friends and and the town that uh, everybody was from. There was just a lot. And so everybody knew you. Everybody loved you. Uh, They cared what you said. They liked to listen. And we ended up at a church where nobody knew you or really cared what you said. And it was kind of like, oh, bummer. And there's another man in that church who actually was in the same boat who pointed it out to me and said, yeah, I came to play. I went from a place where everybody... uh, uh, wanted to know what I wanted to say to a place where nobody cared what I wanted to say. And it wasn't because they were ugly or anything like that. Is that God was bringing uh, us to a place to become a nobody so he could use you, Amen. right? And he'll do that. He'll do it. It, it takes a while to get over it because you're like, do they even care? <laughs> it's like, no, maybe God's doing something to, to show that you're not all it, right? And uh took me a while to see that. And it's like, huh. It, it was it was just a strange time. This is where Moses is on the backside of the desert. He's just a nobody. And now God has come to him. And in order to get Moses to where he needs, he's, he's delivering him from some things. He's delivering him from his own power. Delivering him from himself. Delivering him from his own, maybe his own ego and everything else that he thought. He's successful there. Now he's going to deliver him from his um, lack of trust in God. And we saw last week that he, God demonstrated his power 
to, to Moses. Uh, chapter 4, look at verse 1, Exodus chapter 4. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by thy tail. And he put forth his hand, and he caught it, and it became a rod in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. Do you notice what God was wanting Israel to do? God was wanting them not necessarily to believe Moses, but God was wanting Israel to believe him. And to see where it started, the deliverer had to believe God before the, the ones being delivered could ever believe God. Could you imagine somebody, could you imagine being, uh, needing to be rescued uh, out of a car? You're, you've gone to the water, the, the rivers are up a little bit, and maybe you went across a, a, a dumb, stupid, went across a, a dry wash that's just raging. I mean, the, the marker says it's at four feet, and you're like, oh, I can make it. You know, boosh, there you go. And you're standing there and you're watching on the top of your car. Here comes rescue. And they're going, boy, I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't make you feel real good. When the one who's supposed to be delivering you doesn't think they can deliver you. Right? Uh, you're thinking, all right, it's over. Right? Uh, we'll try something. No, Moses had to be convinced that God had power to deliver before he could, before the children of Israel could ever be convinced that it was God who could deliver. And that was the whole thing about Moses. Remember Moses. He was just a conduit for the power of God. He was just a glove that the hand of God could go into and use. He was, it was never about Moses. It was always about God. And uh, so God is demonstrating his power to him, right? We saw that last week. God will do that in our life. And he will show himself mighty and he demonstrates that. But today, after Moses saw all these demonstrations of the power of God, God is going to declare another promise to Moses. Look at verses 8 and 9 of chapter 4. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take of the water of the river and pour it upon the dry land, and the water which thou takest out of the river shall become not as blood, but shall become blood upon dry land. Now, that's impossible. Right, unless you're at a shark feeding frenzy <laughs> and there's blood in the water, but this isn't blood in the water. This is blood. This is water becoming literal blood. If I saw that, I'd go, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And you notice Moses ne- will never say, uh, look to me. He'll say what I am doing is proving to you that God is to me. Do you know that is that is. Uh, that is totally contrary to our human nature to want praise and glory and acceptance and, and people to notice our own power and ability. We don't do that naturally. Naturally, l- what we want to do is bring attention to ourselves. Even in Christian work, we'll do things really, and sometimes it's just to glorify self, right? 
Moses, everything that Moses did is, is all of the miracles, everything is, don't look at me. This doesn't prove me. This proves God. Amen. Wow. That, doesn't, that just isn't what we normally do. Okay? We have to catch ourselves. How often do we have to catch ourselves by saying like Nebuchadnezzar, looking out over the empire going, well, I built this. Well, I, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps and I went to work every day and I built this. Bless God. You know, it's like, whoa, the Holy Spirit of God usually goes, hold on a minute, buddy. What air are you breathing right now? How is it that you've been healthy enough to do all of this? Right? Yeah, it stops us, doesn't it? So just in case, though, the children of Israel didn't believe the first two miracles, which I thought would be pretty cool. A rod becoming a snake, right? Hand becoming leprous and back again. And then here's the, uh, the third one is the water into blood. If they didn't believe the first two, he's going to show them another one. And this is a problem, isn't it? This is the problem that God is preparing for. So much, watch this. The, the, how do I say this? Israel's deliverance is hinged upon their belief. Deliverance is there. But if they don't believe it's there, it'll never be there for them actually. Right? It, it, it's, it, it's possible. It's just like salvation. Right? The blood of Jesus Christ, what does the Bible say? Is It is the propitiation. It's the payment for our sins. And it goes on to say, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Amen. What's the difference? Well, some don't receive it. Some don't believe it. Some don't want it. It's there, but, it's, but they just don't want it. So our deliverance is hinged is connected to our belief in God. You know, there's some things that people don't get delivered from because they never believe they're going to be delivered from them. It's a lack of belief. We sometimes doubt that a certain man could ever be saved. We Sometimes we doubt that a backslider, a backslider could ever ever come back to God like he, like he ought to. But uh, God has promised that nothing's impossible to him. We say, boy, I don't know about that one. That's a, that's a hard nut to crack, right? I don't know if that one, boy, and we look at, what do we do? Humanly, we look at human circumstances and we create, a, back in Wednesday, Wednesday night, we're talking about fortresses we build in our mind of wrong thinking, right? So we have this fortress we build up in our mind of wrong, well, God, well, that one's way too past, past, uh, past coming back to God. Really? You know, all, you know everything there is to know to know that? That's incredible, actually. I mean, you... Have you not? I mean, have you not looked at just a little bit of history of what God has been able of doing? I don't know, speaking everything into existence, <laughs> and you know enough to know that that person will never come back. No, you don't. That's unbelief, and and that unbelief may be a hindrance to what God's trying to do. We throw up our hands so many times in frustration, and we we think that we just we just can't do every we can't do anything right. We don't have the ability to do anything right, but God says that we can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth us. That's a promise. See, again, unbelief will hinder God's ability or God's desire, I should say, not his ability, his desire uh, to, to deliver. Amen. Right? We sink in exhaustion. The alarm goes off. I was so asleep this morning. Five o'clock. Like, what is that noise? Oh, it's alarm. 
I was hoping it was the last Trump. (laughs) It wasn't. And you get exhausted at times. There's times when it feels like, boy, I wonder what it would be like just to do two weeks of nothing. Right. (laughs) I'd be bored in two days. But anyway, it sounds nice. (laughs) Yeah. But wait, wait. But God says, well, come to me and I'll give you rest. You know, take my yoke upon you. My, my, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Right? And he can sustain us. But, but it's, it's those moments of, of, of doubt and discouragement, right? Moments of worry about family. And, uh, and for me, you know, the, the concerns and, and others have had this here in this room, the concerns of ministry and the concerns of, of uh, uh, just uh, the future and all of these things get overwhelming at times. And uh, God reminds us, hey, my grace is sufficient. My divine enablement. What is better, grace? This one, this the definition of grace here. The divine enablement of God. What could be greater than God's divine enablement to accomplish what He's called us to do? Nothing. Nothing else. So that's why He says it's sufficient. That's what He told Paul. Paul said, "I want to." You know, three times I asked the Lord to remove this thorn in my flesh, and God's response was, "My grace is sufficient. My divine enablement is greater than the thorn in your flesh." You can just go on. Amen. Paul said, hey, the more gladly would I, will, will I glory in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Right. We realize we can't figure things out on our own. Sometimes we just think we're, it feels like, I don't get this. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. I'm at a crossroad. I don't know which way to go. It seems like we don't have the wisdom that we're looking for. But God has promised to direct our steps. Right. Sometimes fears cripple us. I'm just talking about the things that, that come upon us when God is wanting to move us into somewhere and to bring us to a place. And sometimes fears cripple us and they cause us to doubt uh, every promise that we've ever received from God. Yeah. But then he says, wait, hold on, I haven't given you the spirit of fear. It's not of me. Sometimes you just feel alone. Absolutely, utterly Alone. But God responds, well, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now, here's what the question really boils down to this morning. Will you listen to doubts or will you listen to God? See, this is where, where Moses was. Well, well, they won't believe me. Okay, well, here's this. And, and everything, watch, everything that God gave Moses to show Israel, I'm going to say it again, was to direct them to God, not to Moses. Right. So are you going to listen to doubts? Are you going to listen to fears? Or are you, are you going to listen to God? Are you going to live by faith or are you going to live by feelings? Are you going to live by what God said or are you going to live by what God, uh, what you feel uh, may happen, right? Now, here's one issue, though. I'm going to bring this up. We won't be able to listen to God's promises if we don't know what they are. Yeah. You ever see those little promise books? All of the promises in the Bible connected to Scripture and if you're going through heartache, if you're going through pain, if you're going through loss, if you're, you know, you can thumb through the book, and you know that's not a bad little book to go grab, right? Fear, okay, let's, you know, here's fear, and here's all the verses of God's promises about fear. You know what? Hey, it's it'd be you 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 can't you can't rest on something you don't know. Could you imagine? Could you imagine having having about a hundred thousand dollars in debt? Oh. And, 
And you have all of these fears that come with that, or how about five thousand? How about five hundred? Okay, you owe somebody five hundred bucks. Okay, and that's just like, ugh, right? Five hundred dollars. But little do you know that there's a bank account with your name on it because of a, a will, right? And you inherited, you know, a million dollars, and you just don't even know it. Well, you know, the letter's lost in the mail. They've been trying to find you. Whatever the thing is, you got a five hundred dollar debt. You have fear. All of this fear about it. I don't know how I'm going to pay this. And meanwhile, there's a million bucks sitting over here with your name on it, right? If you knew about the million bucks, you know, the 500, you'd be like, ha, 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 500, here, take it. I don't even know it's gone. Ha, 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 right? It would, it would mean nothing. It would mean nothing. But yet so often we fear God in the things in this life that God is, because we're, we're not connected to the, to the account of his promises that we know what's in the bank that, that's for us there. So I think it'd be good for us to, I don't know, we don't need three by five cards anymore, but it'd be good for us to get acquainted with the promises of God. Yeah. Life doesn't run by what we think. Somebody said this. Life doesn't run by what we think, but, what by, by, but by what God promises. And that is the faith life. What is faith? Faith is just believing what God said. Right? Faith is not some weird blind leap into nothingness. Faith is we live our life according to what God said. That is living by faith. The reluctance of Moses in this task, watch this, was matched by the revelation of God who spoke truth and showed his power. Moses said, boy, I don't know. So God matched that with his power. Boy, I don't know. He matched it with his power. Boy, I don't know. He matched it with his power. So you see the reluctance. He was reluctant. So God comes and he gives more revelation of himself. And then finally, this third area today that we're going to look at is God's resources. God's resources. It's one thing for Moses to say what he would do, but in Moses' mind, it was another thing for him to actually just show it and actually see it. And so Moses has one last question before he finally trusts God. One last thing. Look at verse 10. Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. Now, nobody really fully knows what uh, Moses' issue was. Some say, well, he stuttered. Could have been stuttering. Could have had, you know those people, and I've known them around here, and they're like this. They have a slow tongue, almost like they have a sock in their mouth a little bit. And you might say they're slow of tongue. They have a, just, it's a speech impediment. It's something that they're not going to jump up and talk to a big group of people because it's a little bit embarrassing. They, they may fumble over words and get some insecure and all that. Whatever it was, Moses had a problem with his speech. He said, I am of a slow speech and of a slow tongue. This was a legitimate excuse he was throwing out. How am I going to speak to people, to all of these people, when I, I, I can't talk? Right. I'm not a good communicator. I've been on the backside of a desert talking to sheep for 40 years. They don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> right? Yeah. Would you notice, I've been telling you that God matches, matches Moses' reluctance with his revelation. Look what God responds in verse 11. Now, therefore, go, and I will... Oh, verse 11. And the Lord said unto him, 
Who hath made man's mouth? <laughs> right? Or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seen, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Wow. Yeah. God says, I made you. He, he responds to Moses as creator. Do you not th- think about this? If God has called you, do you not think as creator he knows every, every uh, a negative drawback that you have to yourself that could be, that, that, that could be viewed as something that is uh, not, uh, n- not useful in leading or doing whatever God has called you to do? Let me explain it this way. You'll see statistics this way. Uh, Brother Allen will like this. In general, tall people make more money than short people. It's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Don't let, don't let Allen's truck with no, air fool, or no heat fool you. He, he's got money socked away. He's loaded. He's loaded. Yeah. Uh, I've learned the ones that cry poor the most usually have the most, so. So, <laughs> you ever seen that? Like, oh, we don't. Well, we're doing terrible. It's like you got anyway. <laughs> so, but uh, but watch little dumb little statistics like that could make somebody say, "Well, you know, I can't do this job, right? I, I'm this or I'm that or I lack this or I lack that." And God says, "Didn't I make you?" Don't you think I'm aware of how I made you? Don't you think I'm aware of everything about you? Don't you think I'm aware of, uh, of, of the way you think and the way you talk and the way you process information? Don't you think I know that? Right. It is kind of funny when you think about it. Moses who would say, but wait, I, I can't, the God who created everything, I can't speak right. You know, like God's going to go, oh, I didn't know that. Well, okay, well, never mind. I'm going to find somebody else. Run along, go back to your sheep. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, it's funny to chuckle at these things, but we still do the same stuff. Right? It just looks a little different. And thankfully, it's not written down in a book for all the world to read. <laughs> God says, I know how I made you. I know how I made you. I know how you think. I know how sometimes you don't think. I know... <laughs> Sometimes you didn't think that one through real well, did you? I understand that. And listen, my grace is sufficient. My ability is greater than you. Although you wreck the whole thing, don't worry. Just keep going and I'll, I, I can fix some stuff, okay? Yeah. People get so concerned about, about spreading the gospel, about passing out a track or about going door to door. And I may say the wrong thing. I think God's bigger than you saying the wrong thing. Now, we're not, we're not going out with heresy. I mean, we don't want that, obviously. But I'm just saying, listen, we fumble and we, God knows that. He still said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He still told us to go out two by two. He still told us to go into highways and hedges, compel them to come in, which means you got to discuss. He knows that about all of us. He's bigger than all of our, our, our insecurities. And he knew this about Moses. And he said, I made your mouth. I know what I'm doing. I know you I know what's going on here. And I can do that. I love Zechariah 4 6, not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Listen, that is a relief. That is a relief to us. God has given us a job to do. At times we look at it in our human capabilities and go, This is way too much. 
And God reminds us, well, it's not you anyway. Just yield to me and, and it'll be really cool to watch what I do. Could you imagine just living on the level of depending upon only on what you could say or what you could do? Now, yeah, that, that's, that's frightening and discouraging because how many have said things that like, boy, I shouldn't have said that, <laughs> right? How many have not said things when you said, boy, I should have said something? Could you imagine if that is all of our ability rested on, was that? Yeah, that'd be discouraging, but it's not. It's not. Our ability rests upon Him and what He can do through us. You ever have a, anybody ever have a time witnessing to somebody and you walked away and go, don't know where that came from. Don't know where those words came from. I don't, I'd never thought about that before when that came out of my mouth. Right? I'd never thought about that scripture. I mean, I, I mean, you've been there. Those of you uh, who spent time with people and sharing the gospel, you have been there and you've walked away. And the only thing you do when you walked away is glorify God, going, God did that. So why do we get afraid? <laughs> yeah. Because we do. What's that? <laughs> well, yeah, dogs. <laughs> That's... Yeah, because when we go out, Satan's going out too. He's going, sick him. I think I've told this before, we were getting ready to go up and I was go, went out visitation with this one young guy. And uh, we were in North Springfield and it was a bad looking house, man. Oh, it was rough. And uh, I said, I'll stay down here. He, he said, I'll go up. I'll sell. I'll watch your back. <laughs> so, and he started to go upstairs and he stopped. He started to go upstairs. He goes, well, if I don't come back, tell my wife I loved her, and she went up the stairs, you know. And I mean, it was a it was a sketchy part of town, you know. And uh, it went okay; it was fine. We're still here. Yeah. Moses himself felt unable, but look at verses thirteen through fifteen. God offered him divine help. Look at verse 13. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And the angel of the Lord, what, am I in the right? Yeah, and the angel of the Lord, uh, and the anger of the Lord, thank you, uh, of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh from uh, forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth and I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what you shall do. And God's like, fine. I, I love I love this, how God gets frustrated here with him. It's kind of funny, you know. I mean, how else is God supposed to respond to this? I mean, this lack of faith. He goes, fine. Aaron's coming out to meet you. Because God's going to tell Aaron, go meet him. Now, Aaron's going to come all the way out to Midian. He's going to come all the way out to Mount Sinai to meet with his brother that he hasn't seen in 40 years. Boy, there, there, there's a little uh, validation that this is of God. Your brother just shows up and he just tells him. He says, fine, your brother, I'll, I'll give him the words to say. I'll tell you what to say. You'll tell your brother and, and your brother will, will speak uh, for you. Yeah. So here was Moses. He's in Midian. The children of Israel are hundreds of miles away in Egypt. And yet God, God helps Moses again. He brings Aaron out to meet him. There at the exact moment that God said he was coming. 
Here's Aaron out of nowhere. Shows up. Yeah. Why? Because God has already prepared Moses' steps to be able to follow him. God made preparation for this whole thing ahead of time. Verse 27, The Lord said unto Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. And he went and met him in the Mount of of God and kissed him. Let me just finish this up real quick and say this. God isn't limited. He's, He's our helper. He already has the solution. Do you remember? Do you remember over in, in Matthew? You have the you have the account of Jesus and the feeding of the five thousand. He asked Philip, you know, uh, where's bread? You know, and Philip said, well, you know, we'd have to go and buy some. But if you if you go, I believe it was in uh, Luke or John, Mark or Luke, one of those in the one of the other gospels. Somebody could tell me later. I've forgotten. But Jesus said this to Philip. He says. Uh, he says, how are we going to feed them? And it says this, Jesus already knowing what he was going to do. He asked Philip, it was rhetorical, it was to see what Philip's answer was. It was, it was to teach Philip something, but I love this. Jesus asked him already knowing what he was going to do. God already had a plan. Yeah. Listen, do you realize what God has ever called you to? He's already had a plan for you to, to, to succeed. He's already had a plan for you to fulfill, to fulfill that plan. He's already had a way for you to, to, to go. He's already had a preparation. It's already there. And the only thing that keeps us from getting there is our own unbelief. Yeah. So... All we're really left with is is a couple choices. We can either believe what God has told us or we can doubt. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. We can either believe that or we can run around grousing in our loneliness. He'll say, I supply my, but my God supply all, shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we can get involved in mission giving or we can doubt, right, and miss out on the blessings of God that way and His provision and to watch Him miraculously provide. You know, there's some, there are some people that have never watched, never seen God miraculously provide in their life because they've never stepped out and trusted Him in what He has said you to do in giving. Some people, I'm telling you, some people are in poverty because they haven't trusted God. God says, will I not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you? Do you believe that? Does, it, does, God, does Jesus not say, given it shall be given unto you? Good measure, pressed down. Yet some people live a miserly life because they just don't trust God. And what happens? You miss out on, the, you miss out on what God has already prepared for you. Yeah. Some of you... Boy, you've lived a giving life and you, you can stand up in a test and say, boy, God has given over and over and over and abundantly more than we ask or think. And I'm telling you, it's been awesome. And at times you can look at your giving over the year and you go, how does that much money go out of our house? Yeah. The world would say, you're nuts. We say, oh no, God keeps his promises. Yeah. A, friend, a, friend of, uh, a friend of my father's, he went to New England in the 70s from, from Springfield. He went to northern Maine. 
in about in the early 1970s. And Brother David Smith, uh, some may be listening today that know Brother David Smith, and what a what a blessing, what a what a wonderful man he was. And uh, he passed away a couple of years ago, but he would call me often, and we we'd talk about ministry things and things that need to be done. And he talked about just. He talked about stepping out by faith and living by faith, and he'd say, "Well, brother Derek, you can, uh, you know, you just need to live by faith. You just need to live by faith." He said, it, he, "He said this one day. He goes, if you're going to plan to live by faith someday, you might as well just go ahead and do it today. <laughs> if you got plans to live, you know, and we do this. Well, tomorrow I'll trust. Tomorrow I'll. We don't say, it, but we live that way. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. He goes, well, if you're going, if you, if you're planning on living by faith someday." You might as well just go ahead and do it today. And man, can I tell you today, same thing. I tell you what he said. If you plan on trusting God someday, why don't you just go ahead and trust him today? Just start today. Whatever he's, whatever he's been telling you, just say yes and yield to him. Why? Because he's trying, listen, because he may be trying to use you to deliver somebody else. But you've got to be delivered first. So he can use you to deliver. Yeah. And that's exciting. Father, thank you for your faithfulness in Moses. And it was all about you. Nothing about Moses. It was all about you. And you're still trying to do the same thing in our life to use us as vessels, conduits for your power to do a work in other people's lives. And along the way, you do that work in us first. And we pray that we'd allow you to do that. We trust you today. We just trust you today, not tomorrow, but today. We thank you for what you'll do. We thank you for the promises. We thank you for the assurance we have in you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.